Break. He's the one, he's the only R.J. Bell. Straight out of Vegas. Hey guys, R.J. here. This is a special new feature called Straight Out of Vegas AM. What does it mean? Well, AM is the morning. And what's that about, you might say? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take one or two topics from Straight Out of Vegas, which is 6 Eastern on Fox Sports Radio. And if you don't know the station to listen live, which is where you get all the good info as soon as possible, especially if you're a batter, just go to foxsportsradio.com, search your area, and you can find your local station or the iHeartRadio app. But we know everyone doesn't get a chance to listen to every minute, every day. So we're going to take out a topic that, that stays fresh. It doesn't go stale because some of the stuff, and that's why so many people listen live. Hey, there's a Thursday night game. We're talking about it on Thursday. There's a reason we call it the pregame show America always wanted. But then there's other topics that are more evergreen that don't go stale. We're going to package it together, but here's the beauty with bonus content. So it will always have an intro and an outro for me. But additionally, like today, we're going to have even more like an overtime session. Steve Fezzik joins. Steve, you excited? I am very excited. This might loosen you up a little bit thinking, oh, we're in a a podcast. You're on the radio. You get a little frazzled sometimes. Here, I think you're going to be more calm. What do you think? Yeah, like a poker player that's playing too tight sometimes, right? (laughs) A nit, as they say. (laughs) So today's topic, this is from Thursday's show. Today's topic, S-O-V-A-M, is a potential eight-team college football playoff. You might say potential, RJ. Why are we talking about it? Colin Cowherd right here on FSR said he has three sources. This is going to happen. So the show, I thought, was very energized talking about it, but we've got a bunch of overtime stuff to talk about. So let's listen in and then right after overtime. With all the controversy in the college football playoff this year, RJ, the subject of an eight team college football playoff has come up yet again, this courtesy of Colin Coward. Okay. So a couple days ago, I was hard on Colin about the following. He was saying If you're whining about Cincinnati being undefeated, quit your whining. Get out of your basement. It's pathetic. Yeah, that's what he was saying, that kind of stuff, because we know that Georgia is better than Cincinnati. We know that Florida is better than Cincinnati. Oh, do we know for sure they're better in Coastal Carolina? Okay, maybe, maybe not. What we know is the computers say otherwise. And I think it's important to realize, and we've talked about this a few times, I'll say it quickly, that computers are so much more advanced than they used to be in that you have just more talented, you know, Jeff Sagarin, USA Today, has been doing it for decades and decades, and he's actually still one of the best in my opinion. But when it comes to just the overall, how much brain power is applied to figuring out who's the best football teams, best basketball teams, et cetera, It's massively different. 
Carnegie Mellon, which is a really you know top 25 type school in the Pittsburgh area, they have an entire department for sports analytics. They have multiple PhDs coming out of there and they are really driving this revolution with analytics. And you know this is now assessing from the outside, not what the teams are doing, but assessing how good the teams are. For example, about a year ago, we hired McKenzie. You hear his name. He's a Yale grad. Now, 20 years ago, a Yale guy, he has his Yale shirt on today. I think that's a bit much. You know, I also <laughs> noticed on his, uh, McKenzie, on your uh, bio on Twitter, I just noticed this yesterday, you've got Yale 12. Yep. I don't notice people like from Ball State that put <laughs> Ball State 08 or anything. Jonas, do you have your uh, call? I mean, like, it, it doesn't seem you see that very no, much, do you? No, no, no. It's, you know, but listen, you know, there's an opportunity and you've got to, you know, shine and, and showcase, <laughs> uh, you know, where you came from and he's got to do it. I get it. You know, I had a, a like a second or I have a second cousin that went to Stanford and she was in town maybe like 10 years ago, eight years ago. And she had a friend with her who went to Harvard and she goes, yep, he dropped the H-bomb. So apparently with this whole culture, I don't know. I, you know, I went to a state school. But, you know, I, what I know is that, that they seem to be very caught up in it. Right? Even Fez never really brings up Northwestern. You know, you hardly hear him say it. Well, let's be honest. When, you're, when you go to the worst school in the, in the office, you don't want to necessarily talk about that as much, right, Fez? You and I are going head-to-head here for the Big Ten Championship. Not really. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Fezzik. I'm RJ Powell. What's the line in that game? 21? It's uh, t- down to 20. Money oh. on Northwestern. <laughs> that must mean Ohio State knows they're in and they're all going to run it up. All right. So the reality is, we're straight out of Vegas. The reality is that the computers say, you know, BYU still with the loss is better than a Georgia, better than a Florida, a Coastal Carolina at minimum, they're competitive. Well, what happens when they play? Well, we know the non-Power 5 in a major bowl wins about half the time, if not more. And you know what happens? We're told it doesn't matter. So Colin told us, well, we know who's better because of the tiebreaker, which is recruiting. And say, oh, okay. Except Clemson, by the way. Now, Clemson's become a good recruiting school. But we've talked about this for years. Alabama always one or two, one, two, or three. Clemson's average was like 12, 14, a couple years when they won the title. Now, 14 is very different than two. It strikes me the idea that you're getting the better players, but if you lose the game... We should say, you know what? Look at this guy's pedigree. No way he should have lost that game. So let's invalidate it. <laughs> and that sounds goofy, but isn't that what happens every time in a big six bowl that the best of the group of five win often and we're told it doesn't matter? They weren't motivated. Exactly. It's the motivation card. How often do we have to hear that over and over when it, it just doesn't ring true, does it? That Every single loss is based upon motivation. Well, I'll tell you this. If it is true, let's make them more motivated by when they lose those types of games, we put more group of fives in later. And to say, hey, they can compete. But the point about the power eight or or, or the 18 playoff and Colin, listen, just knowing Colin off air, what I can tell you, and I've said this a few times, he knows a lot of things he doesn't say on the show because 
He, he's told in confidence. You know, there's things Vegas related. I know that I can't talk about, though, anything I can, I do. But if it's told in confidence, I try to give a hint at it. And, and I think that's pretty common in the media. They'll say, trust me on this. When you hear that kind of thing, if it's a trustworthy person, they usually got a source they can't talk about. When Colin came out today and said, three people have told me that I trust because of COVID and the financial demands of that, that we're going to be in an 18 playoff, if not next year, the year after. That I take seriously. So applause to me on that. I think it's a great thing. But he followed up with, be careful what you wish for, because what we're going to see is the same teams win it. And you know what? He's probably right. And you know what? It doesn't matter. Because then the winner had to beat the person, that ha- any legitimate team that has the right to say we should have had a chance. Just like in basketball. Exactly. We said that. Matt Holt here, who comes in on Wednesdays with us, he made a great point. Hardly ever, never does a true Cinderella win the NCAA tournament. And they hardly ever make it to the Final Four. But you know what? No one complains because they had their shot. And to me, it's the American way to have your shot. And if the better team wins, let's salute them. Because you know what else is the American way? We love winners. But we don't love winners that are determined before the event happens. We don't like fixed things. When the NBA had the Tim Donahue scandal, David Stern was fanatical about squashing that story as best he could because he knows if the game's predetermined, who wants to watch it, right? Wrestling's fun, but it isn't like an NCAA tournament game or a college football tournament or a college football playoff game. And the idea that if Florida wins, they win, and if they lose, they win because they're better. Look at the recruiting rankings. By the way, yesterday... Recruiting class 2021. Let's see if we see any of these names. Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, LSU, Clemson, Oregon, Oklahoma, Florida. There's your top eight composite from 247 yesterday. Okay, great. So now you got the better players. You know what? You lose two games, you're not going to be in the playoffs. And if Cincinnati loses zero with their crappy recruits, then let's celebrate it. Thoughts, Jonas? Uh, I don't like the 18 playoff. I think it's... I wait, think- so you, you like... Wait, hold on a second. You like yeah. just one bye <laughs> and only four teams in the playoffs. Yeah. Why? Uh, I don't... No, I don't like the one bye. I think we should have two buys, but I do like the extra wild so you've card converted. team in the NFL. You've converted no, no, on the bye. No, no, no. I've, I've, been, I've been steadfast on it the whole time. The bye is what I don't like, but I do like the extra playoff oh, okay, team in okay. the NFL. All I right. just... I don't know how you would make the math work, you know, when it comes to that, but when it comes to college football... I don't like the eight teams. I would be willing to go to six teams and the number one and two teams get their bye week. And then you would have a quarterfinal, which would be three versus six, four versus five. I just think if you add eight teams in, they're playing more games, which is going to water down the regular season in some spots. And I just, I think it's too many. I don't think there's, I don't think there's eight teams that are legitimate national title contenders as we speak. But there's not 64 teams in, or 68 in the NCAA tournament either, right? And, and, and nobody cares about college basketball's regular season. 
Like it's completely watered that down. But see, now that's an interesting question. If we went to 16 or more, I would agree. I guess here's the question. Actually, Mackenzie brought this up in our pre-show, which was in Alabama, there's going to be certain games that don't matter. Oh, let me see. Kind of like this championship game effectively, right? Because they're going to get in regardless. Yeah. Just like for Notre Dame. So I guess in a weird way, what we're saying is there might be eight or 10 games the entire year that are diminished because of this. Meaning, listen, with eight teams, hardly ever will a two-loss team get in. So yeah, if you're undefeated late, there might be a situation you're right, but it's going to be a championship game anyway that should have some stakes anyway. And, and I say all this knowing that we're going to have an eight-team playoff. Okay, I've but I, I want to hear what now. you think is wrong with it. But, so, I, I don't, but give me an example of the games that you think would be watered down. I think there's going to be conference games that that are going to be looked at as well. You know, it's late in the season. You know, even if they lose, I mean, they're still in a spot to where they're going to go to a college football playoff because it's going to give you more wiggle room. I mean, specific games they'll come up when that time arises, and we do have an eight-team playoff. But I think that there's going to be situations late in the year to where a team is already a shoo-in because if they're one or two, I find it hard to believe one loss is going to bump them out of the top eight. Okay, Jonas, a little fired up there. I think I've got a plan that actually counteracts Jonas's main point. I think they I think his concern about watering down the regular season is valid. I just think there's ways around it. In fact, I think there's ways that will make the regular season even more valuable, higher stakes. All right, here is my proposal. And I've made this proposal for years on Twitter. I'll retweet one of my original tweets on this, but here it is. 18 playoff, five power five conference champions, automatic bid. And they are the five top seeds in some order. And that order being dictated by quality. One, two, three, four, five. Okay. And that's obviously the big 10. The SEC, yeah, they only get one. The ACC, Big 12, Pac-12, right? Yes. Okay. Now, two at-large teams. It can be from anywhere, anywhere, but it's pure merit, kind of like the way in theory it's done now with all four, in theory. And then there's an automatic, no matter what, the best Group of five teams, so a non-power five team, the best one every year gets in. Now, if somehow, some way, the non-power five team would be the at-large team, let's dream, right? Then that's covered, right? Then you get you know three at-larges effectively, but at minimum, there's going to be one. Okay, now let's think about this, Fez. What you're the master of the meta game. Two super contests in the history of the world. No one's done it except him. He did it back-to-back years. That's the biggest NFL contest in the world right here in Vegas. And he won both of those with some real sharp moves late based on not just picking the best games, but other factors. So if you're trying to game this system or you're addressing this system, what jumps out at you? I got to win my conference because if I don't, 
I'm going to be submarined into the number six seed. So it makes every game so critical. I cannot afford to just say, hey, I'm undefeated. I'm 10-0. and 0. I'm in because I don't want to suddenly be the sixth seed and I got to play somebody like Clemson in the first round. I agree. So what you're doing is we're, we're increasing the significance of the conference championships, which means we increase the significance of the conference games themselves. All right, number two, and you mentioned this as we were chatting about it after the show as we were getting recording here, and we do it right after the show, so it's fresh, is that a team that has a tough loss out of conference still has a chance. In fact, as long as you have a chance to participate in your conference championship game, you have a chance to control your own destiny to win the national title. That means... Teams are incentivized to play tougher out of conference because if they win, it puts them in a position to be an at large or, you know, or a, um, you know, wild card team. But if they lose, that's fine too, because they can just win their conference championship. Yeah. Especially I'm thinking about the PAC 12 and how often the PAC 12 seems to get slighted by these committees. And now all of a sudden, if I'm USC, if I'm Oregon, you know, I got two paths. Now I want to play Oklahoma. I want to play Ohio State because I want to get my rating bumped up higher before the conference starts, knowing that even if I fail in that big game, I'm not drawing dead. Remember, we, we all talk about, oh, there's no way the Pac-12 can get anybody in and it's October 1st. That's terrible. Yeah, but here's the thing. The group of five means there's a separate, it's almost like, the old school, whoever's voted number one wins the national title pre-BCS. It'll be like that in the group of five where it's like whoever's the best. It doesn't matter if you're from this conference, that conference, whoever the best is, they get to step up to the big boys. I mean, you have a Central Florida situation, a Cincinnati situation. I mean, imagine this year you'd have BYU, Coastal Carolina. You'd have Cincinnati. What yeah, a battle. And that, and that BYU-Coastal, that was already a big game, all right, where BYU got stopped at the one-yard line, reminiscent of the Tennessee Titans losing in the Super Bowl, just running out of time. That would have been arguably the most watched game, or one of them, because it essentially would have become a playoff game, potentially. And also, think about Cincinnati, because they've been the highest-rated non-Power 5. There was one game in particular, RJ, uh, I don't know if you saw it, but Cincinnati was trying to run out the clock, and they they were up less than one score, and they almost fumble-sixed it to the other team. Twitter would have exploded. All of a sudden, that game would have been had national prominence instead of being on the back burner, because it would matter whether Cincinnati would get in or not. I think more games matter under this system, and it's more fair. Some would say fairer. I don't know. I'm going to say more fair. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, it feels like we get the best of both worlds. The out-of-conference, there's more reason to be ambitious. In-conference games become more important because unless and even if you're sure you're an at-large team, you still want to be one of the top five seeds. And if the naysayers are correct and the non-Power 5 really is out of their depth, well, doesn't that make that number one seed all the more valuable? Because chances are that group of five teams going to be the eighth seed. So just like you fight for a number one for the NCAA tournament, and 
I didn't see it when I put this together, Fez, but you've really stressed the idea that you're not out of it. Just like in college basketball, you're not out of it as long as you can win your conference tournament. Now here, since it's not every team in the conference tournament, like most conferences in basketball, you still got to win your division. But as long as you haven't lost your division, you're still in it for everything. That can do nothing but raise the stakes of more games. And then the final eight is more exciting which everybody knows that, right? We just thought there'd be ancillary negatives. I love it. And I think it rewards the teams playing the very best at the end of the year. And I love that. Why is that? Because you got to win your conference. Well, you don't got to, but there's incentive to do it. Exactly. And I I hearken back, I think about college basketball. Arguably, I would call the best college basketball year ever was the NC State run through the tournament. Why? Everybody thinks the year that they were like 18 is the best ever, but go ahead. How old were you during that? I was like 18. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. (laughs) Right. And NC State wasn't going to make the tournament. They had to win the ACC tournament, and they got it done, and they got in, and then the miracles continued, and they cut down the nets. Now, I can't promise every SOVAM is going to have a reference from 50 years ago, but Fez will try. He will try. All right. I like it. Get a chance to talk about some stuff with a little more depth. I hope you guys do too. Remember, this should incentivize you, no doubt, to follow or subscribe, as they say, in your whatever podcast player you use. Just hit subscribe, and then every a.m. and we're gonna get this out to you by like 5 a.m. Eastern, if not earlier. So for the commute, get a little Vegas in your commute. Straight out of Vegas, a.m. Yeah!